We are in part one of our series, Woke, Woke, uh, the land of the long white cloud. And what Woke is, is all about is, is, is revisiting our past. We have a rich heritage, rich heritage of the gospel message coming to this land. For, for many of us, for many New Zealanders and Kiwis, we, we, we don't know our past. And when we do learn our past, you know, sometimes it's, we're filled with shame. We're filled with regret, anger. Sometimes it's so awkward that we just don't even talk about it. We, and and uh, we kind of just leave it in the too hard basket. But as a church, the church was the forerunner. The church was, was a big part of the establishment of this nation, together with the Maori people, the Tangata Whenua. And, and, um, and uh, although our past is full of sadness and anger, but it's also full of love, and, and, and there's so much beauty on, on the formation of this nation coming together of two peoples. And, and, it, and it, was the, it was the coming together of the, of the missionaries that came to this land, the pioneering spirit, along with the, the Maori people who embraced the gospel. And here we are today, and for too long the church has just put a blanket over it because it, got, it became very difficult and very embarrassing at times. So the church kind of just put a blanket over it. And we kind of just moved on and leave it over there, but it's a responsibility of the church to stay woke, to be aware, and take the responsibility that God has given the church for the birth of this nation. God said, go throughout all the earth, to the ends of the earth, preaching the gospel. And people, we are in the ends of the earth. New Zealand is the ends of the earth to Jerusalem. This is the land that Jesus was talking about. Go to the ends of the earth. We're here. It is our responsibility. And the Maori that embraced the gospel to take hold of this message. And, and when we think of, of the missionaries that came during the 1800s, many people, we, we kind of we think that it was the missionaries who, who evangelized the whole nation, but, um, but it wasn't. Most of this land, Aotearoa, was evangelized by the Maori who embraced the gospel, who embraced it. They took this gospel message um, right through this country, preaching Jesus. In fact, on the East Coast, before Pakia missionaries, missionaries even got there. They were having Sunday services of a thousand Māori will turn up. A thousand Māori. And you know, today, that's, wow, that's a large church. This is the 1800s. Thousands, thousands of Māori were turning up for church. And it was the Māori who embraced the gospel message all the way even through to the South Island. The, the, the gospel began to, to transform this nation. We have a rich history one that we should not be shy about, one that we should celebrate, one that should, we, we should be aware and move forward and take hold of this gospel message of Jesus. Amen? In 1766, that's a long time ago, three years before Captain Cook arrived on the endeavor, three years before the European began um, to arrive to this, on this nation. In 1766, a Maori seer by the name of Titoiro prophesied about the arrival of the U Europeans. Three years. And, th and this is one of his prophecies. The name of their God will be Tama i Roro Kutia. Son who was killed. A good God. However, the people will still be oppressed. Toiro was from Nuku Tauroa on the east coast, Mahia Peninsula. You know, it's really interesting when you begin to have a look at his whakapapa. 
that he is descendant from the, from the waka Takitumu. And Takitumu is from my tribe in the Cook Islands, in Rarotonga. The Toiro are descendant of Takitumu. Prophesies in 1766, three years before the Europeans arrive, that the name of their God will be Tamai Rorokutia, the son who was killed, a good God. However, the people will still be oppressed. Toiro foresaw, foresaw it even before the Europeans arrived. He described the way that they were dressed and how, and even the transportation of its people. He will take a cloak and he'll cut it in half and sew it together and he'll put it on as trousers. And he said, they're going to be wearing clothing like this. And he'll make a pointy, this pointy thing and he put it on his head. And then they'll wear these kind of hats. And he, and he began to describe the this, this steam engine of, of, a, of a boat. And, and it had a shell there and put, put a flame in there and should, to describe the steam engine. And he began to prophesy what was going to happen. But he also began to prophesy that they would bring the true God. The true God who is Tamai Rorokutia, the son who was killed. Ihu Kiraiti, our Jesus was preparing a way for himself to be revealed in a culture already here. Preparing a culture to receive Jesus Christ in this land. In fact, at the time of the, of the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi, there was approximately 1,000 Europeans and over 70,000 Maori, of whom 50,000 were already believers. That's incredible. 50,000, that's almost 80% of the population had received Christ. That is one of the greatest revivals in the world. 80%. 80% have received Christ. And it was through the literacy revolution of the missionaries who came. And in 1826, William Williams arrived, the brother of Henry Williams. Henry Williams will go on to help put together and write the Treaty of Waitangi. William Williams was, was a scholar. He had this incredible ability to, to learn the Maori language, te reo, as if it was second nature to him, as if there was a gift of God that came upon him. And he began to pull together the works of the missionaries and began to translate the gospel message into te reo. And the, one of the first translations was the gospel of Luke into te reo. And, and the Maori people who began to, to, to learn to read and write in their own language, they had this incredible ability of memorization, who were able to memorize large chunks of the gospel off by heart. And, and they began to pick up the gospel, begin to learn and write in their own language. And, they, and, the, the, and this, the Maori people were so intelligent that the missionaries were surprised at the swiftness of their ability. And you know, growing up in South Auckland, and growing up as a, as a Polynesian in South Auckland, sometimes we will look at the, at the Pākehā and say, oh, well, you know, we're not as smart as them. But when we realize our heritage and who God, you know, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, and we allow, uh, we allow the world to lie to us, we allow the enemy to bring lies to us, that wasn't even never even spoken over us. And we speak words of ourselves that weren't even true. No one said that. We just started thinking that. For whatever reason, there's more in you than you think. No matter what culture, no matter what race, no matter what creed, God has created you to overcome. And so the gospel message began to spread, take on. Māori began to take this, this message from, from, from village to village, iwi to iwi. 
and the gospel and the spirit of God began to move amongst this land, the land of the long white cloud. Hohepa Ripaho, also known as Mataho, was a former slave. He was a slave in the north, taken, taken as a prisoner during the intertribal wars. And while his job there up, in, in, up north, his job up there was to take the children to learn to read and write from the missionaries. And while then, what are they teaching the read and write? The gospel. And while there, he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And a revival broke out in the north, and they began to release the prisoners. When they, when they began to say, look, we are all equal under one God. And they began to release prisoner after prisoner after prisoner. Ripaho began his journey back to Otaki. Back to Otaki, where he came from, from the Ngati Rokawa people. And you know what's amazing? On his journey, he's on his way back to Otaki. He finds himself in Rotorua amongst the Te Awa people. And on October 1836, uh, he came across a volatile scene in, uh, amongst the Te Awa people in Rotorua. They had just come back, a war party had just come back from, 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 from um, destroying a power in Matamata. And there amongst the spoils was this kite. In this kite was a book. It was ripped from a, a, a 12-year-old girl by Uita, who he had slain. And he pulls out this book, and he didn't know what it was. But Ripaho, at the right time, was at the right place, ordained by God. And Ripaho said to Uita, that is a sacred book. Uita said, read me this book. So Ripaho began to read the book of the Gospel of Luke in Te Reo, in his own language. And the, and, and the words of Jesus began to move him, especially this story. And I'm going to read you this story. But what I want you to do, I want you to try if you can, as I read the story, I want you to, to put your mind, I know it will be hard for me in the city, but put your mind within this Māori warrior's mind in his place. It is 1836. You are hearing this message for the very first time. You have never heard this message. I want you to take your mind back to 1836, as if you never heard this message. All you knew was war. And you're hearing this message. And this is the message that Ripaho spoke to Uita. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37. Listen to this story as if you're hearing it for the very first time. Well, up until then, you've just come back from a bloody war, uh, war path. And now you're hearing this message. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead besides the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed over to the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion. Going over to him, the, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. The next day, then he put the man on his donkey and took him, um, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If, he, if his bill runs higher, then I will pay the next time I'm here. <coughs> now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man 
who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Uita, hearing the words of Jesus, go and do the same. The, title, the subtitle for my message today is, Hello, Neighbor. Hello, neighbor. Turn to the person next to you and say, hello, neighbor. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> realized his neighbor was this tribe he just finished attacking in this story. That this young girl that he slain was his neighbor. Uita was so moved by the stories about the Good Samaritan and the emphasis on forgiveness, the power of Jesus that will release him from the pathway of Utu. Utu means to restore balance. There's a cost. See, whatever the cost depended on what what had happened, whatever the cost depended, Utu depended on what happened. Sometimes an Utu will bring peace between tribes, but many times it would escalate. It would escalate and begin a, a, an ongoing soccer war, intertribal war between tribes. And when we look at this, we say, oh, well, again, yeah, that, that seems to be the way of, of the Maori. That seems to be the way of the Polynesians in the Pacific. But when we look at Utu, that's the condition of, of our heart. Since the beginning of time, since the time of Cain and Abel, where things begin to escalate, where someone, had the, someone has to pay for what they did to me. We look at Utu, oh, that's a Maori thing. No, that's a people thing. A people of the world thing that we do. You did this to me? Well, I'm going to do this to you. When Uita read this story, he was saying the ones that should have helped him didn't. And the one that did help him should it. Why? Because he was an enemy. But he showed compassion. And Jesus said, go and do the same. Jesus knew that evil can be overcome with compassion. And as the Ripaho began, continued reading to Uita, Uita found this message as if it was written for him. Found in Luke chapter 6, verse 27. And it says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Those who are willing to listen. Is there anybody willing to listen this morning? Uita could see that Jesus entered the Utu on the cross, that Jesus was the Utu. He paid the price on the cross and freedom from a pathway of Utu. Uita, after hearing these stories, were remorseful. And he went search of Taroro's family, his father, her father, Urimu Nakuku, to ask him for forgiveness. This act in itself changed the face of Mauridom. This act. Because the Utu, from what Uita did, meant his life. That was, the pr- that was the price. That was the balance, was his life. That's the Hutu. And you know, not, not just him, but also his tribe. That's the Hutu because it begins to escalate. Because that's what we do as people, don't we? We escalate things. But he went in search of him 
anyway because Jesus had broken the curse over his life. A local retelling of the story claims that as the men approached one another, Ngakuku and Uwita, tears were shed and they embraced. After Uwita humbled himself and repented, peace prevailed between the two men and a church was built to honor the message which brought about this reconciliation. You need to understand something. Reconciliation doesn't change the past. It changes your future. Reverend Brown records, Reverend Brown, who was a missionary out of Matamata, he records in his journal when Ngakuku and Uwita met. In the evening, they were engaged together in worshiping God at their prayer meeting and were apparently the most of friendly terms. And I love what Reverend Brown writes next. Who but the Christian loves their enemy? But to you who are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. You know, we read these things. Oh, yeah, that's what we should do. But the thing is, many of us, we don't. Right? We don't. And we have our own form of utu. Well, you know, if they come and say sorry, then I will forgive them. Because that's our balance, right? Our balance, there's a cost to it. See, utu is not just a Maori thing. It's a people thing. It's what Jesus came to break over our lives. I wasn't going to read this verse, but as I... It's not in our notes because I just felt God saying, bring this verse up, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. This is Jesus. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. You know what? When Jesus readers heard that, they said, what are you saying? What? When we take a sacrifice to the temple, we're putting God first. Are you telling us that we have to put people first? And Jesus said, yes. Because if you want to put God first, the best way to put God first is by putting other people first. You know, many, many of us, we, 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 when someone's offended us, we're kind of like, okay, God, I, I forgive them. You make peace with you. I'm making peace with you, God. We're all good. Now, if they've got an issue, it's not my problem, right? It's their problem. Yeah, it's not my problem. You, 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 know, you can be angry. I don't care because I'm right with God. I'm all good. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. That's not how I roll. Jesus said, if you know someone's got something against you, go to them. Don't make God an excuse. Oh, I'm being holy. I'm being righteous. I'm turning up the church every Sunday, yet I know somebody has something against me, but it doesn't bother me. Jesus says, come on, go and be reconciled. You know, with me and my wife, Poro, we've been pastors of this church for four years. Four years. Wow. That's, for some of you, you think, wow, you seem to have been there forever. For, for some of us, it's like you just started. Four years. Let me tell you, in those four years, I, I, was, I was very hurt by this certain couple. And it grieved me. They left. They took with them a bunch of people from this church. And I was offended. 
I was offended. And when I thought about them, when, when I started to play these games in my mind, it just made me want to hate them and be upset. And, and, and you know, in and, and my thinking, I was justified. I was just, I was began to justify my feelings. I'm justified in my feelings. I'm justified for, for, for how I feel. But then I read the scriptures and I feel condemned. I say, oh, I should forgive them. Love my enemies and I forgive them and I pray and I forgive them. And then I'm all good and I'm like, oh, I feel good. I'm released. Yeah, Jesus set me free. Months will go by and then for whatever reason, I start thinking about them again. And then, and then, and then, and then I keep playing the same story over and over again and now I'm angry again. No matter what I did, I remained angry in them. Lord, I don't get it. Lord, I'm forgiving them, but why do I feel this way? It's because the Lord said to me, because you haven't reconciled. Reconciliation doesn't change your past. It changes your future. I humbled myself before God. I sent these people a message. Hey, can we meet for coffee? And I said, sure, okay. And they're a bit nervous. I found out they were nervous about meeting me. They're waiting for me to come and unleash because this is, this, is this is how we do it, don't we? Well, you know, I forgive you, but you did this to me, you did that to me, you did, and it escalates. Utu. Because I'm bringing balance to what you have said. But Jesus broke the curse. He is a Utu. So I came and I said, I'm sorry for what I have done to you. They were shocked. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. I'm here to say, please forgive me. I'm not here to give you verbal diarrhea of where I think you've wronged me. No, 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 no. Jesus died for all that. But I'm here to say, I'm sorry. I want to be reconciled. We reconciled. And to this, to this day, we are now free. I'm free. Reconciliation. It doesn't change your past. It changes your future. Who are you kidding? Oh, like, you know, I'm not going to go see them. You know, I'm, I'm good with God. And because we're trying to make some sort of utu that we've got to bring a balance. No, 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 no. Go and see them. You know, Toyo's prophecy about the arrivals of Europeans. There's actually two elements to this. First element is this: the name of the of the god will be Tamai Rorokutia, the son who was killed. And the second element is uh, uh, he's a good god. The second element is this: however, the people will still be oppressed. So the first element was the coming of Jesus and the gospel, and the coming together of people and, and, the, and the embrace of the Maori with the missionaries and, and with a Christian government formed the Treaty of Waitangi. That, uh, that New Zealand was the most successful mission field in the entire world. In, 18, in 1836, the most successful mission field in the entire world. We were leading the way. And the Treaty of Waitangi was supposed to be the birth of a great nation of two peoples coming together to form a new nation under God. But the second element of Toyo's prediction was coming to pass. Because although the people were no, the Maori people were no longer oppressed from intertribal warfare, the effects of colonization, when a secular 
cynical. Can I say that? Because that's exactly what it is. When a secular, cynical government replaced the Christian government. And it led to a new oppression of the tangata whenua. Māori would suffer an oppression of their culture, their language, and the majority of their land. This is what happens when we take Jesus out of our government. This is when we take Jesus out of our authority. If you're in this room and you're a believer of Jesus and God's calling you to government, listen. We need to bring our representatives back. Our representative of Jesus. For too long, this, this country has been, been run by politicians who do not know Jesus who began to oppress the people of the land, began to, to oppress the ways of, and they began to undermine the work of the missionaries, the Christian government before them, and the Maori people. It will take another 150 years since the invasion of Waitara in 1860, where there was the wrongful confiscation and oppression of the people. On a long path of reconciliation, Prime Minister John Key read an apology from the crown. It took 150 years from when the invasion happened. On the 31st of July, 2009, John Key read, for the litany of wrongs that led to the Taranaki, this led to the Taranaki Iwi settlement over Port Nicholson, which, was direct, which directly led to the legal invasion of Waitara and the Waikato. It had been a long time coming, 150 years. But just like Ngākuku and Uita, the response of the iwi to the crown was this. This was their response. 150 years of oppression, stolen land. This is what they said. And now it is finished. Our forgiveness comes from a painful history. And apology, forgiveness, leads on to the greatest prize. Do you know what the greatest prize was? Do you know what the greatest prize of this iwi was? Who was wronged and whose voice was marginalized for 150 years. Their greatest prize, this is what they said, which is reconciliation. Reconciliation doesn't change your past, doesn't change your past, but it changes your future. Dunedin Central MP Thomas Bracken. This is what he said in Parliament in 1883. Dunedin Central MP Thomas Bracken. He said this in Parliament in 1883. There was a time in the history of New Zealand when the Maoris, if had chosen, could with one swoop have swept the European race from this island. That time was the time of the Treaty of Waitangi. What did they do then? You call them savages, barbarians, but they treated us in a way that should make us blush for our conduct to them. A Christian politician trying to make his way in government, standing in the gap for the the Maori, for for the atrocity. Thomas Bracken. I don't know if you know this, but Thomas Bracken, he wrote our national anthem. God defend New Zealand. Could you put up 
the English verse of the national anthem, please. Now, whenever we sung this song, right, and you read this by God, Pacific Triple Star, from the shafts of strife and war. When I used to sing this song, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, the wars of World War One, World War Two. This song was written in the 1870s. This is about, this song was praying to God, God, bring unity with our people. A forgiveness that needs to happen. Thomas Bracken was bringing together, trying to put before the government what needs to be put right. A Christian man. We, know, we need more Christians in our, in our governments. Even today, even today, when you read the papers, people are talking about, oh, we need to change our national anthem. We need to change our, do you know where our national anthem came out of? It came out of a birth of a nation that struggled to pull this together out of a covenant between two peoples under one God. The Treaty of Waitangi is a tonga to this nation, a treasure, a covenant between two peoples under one God. It may be still a work in progress. Come on, I'm not saying we're there. But Waitangi Day should be a day that we need to celebrate as a nation. So let us weep together. Māori, Pākehā, and every race that calls New Zealand home. Let us weep together the wrongs of the past and together choose the very best for our nation. One people under one God we don't forget our past, but we have the power to choose the very best for our future. Just when we stand, as we sing together our national anthem.